Tuning in to the 370th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Eros, Daryl D. Lynn, as always, wherever you are, however you're listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day. Whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora. Thank you all for tuning in, and special shout out to everybody who's tuning in via WJCU, the John Carroll Radio Station, 7 a.m. in the morning, I believe. Going to have Ben Karen on, host of the Sports Wilder podcast, back to his regular time since Kenny uh, is back. Kenny was on Monday, so we're back on that regular schedule. Kenny's on Monday, uh, the Monday podcast, and Ben is on the Friday podcast. Everything is back to normal with Ben. Going to talk some NFL, some college football. But before we get to that discussion, I'm going to give my shameless plug. First time listener. Thank you, but subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically on Spotify. You can click on the timestamp and we'll send you to whichever part of the podcast you want to listen to. It is for your convenience. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane and you will find that I post three to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. Follow me on Twitter at NightTrain underscore Lane. I'll say it again, at NightTrain underscore Lane. And lastly, if you have Apple or if you have iTunes, then give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, if you don't like the podcast, that's fine. We don't like everything we consume. But if you don't like it, then do yourself a favor and do something that your mama told you. Because my mama told me this. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And next time I do this podcast, Christmas will be over. So have a happy and blessed Merry Christmas. And without ado, we're going to cue up the Mariah Carey music. And we're going to talk to Ben. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have a father, a husband, a son, a friend, a teacher, an educator, a school psychologist, a Texas A&M Aggie, a Vermont alum, a current resident of Arizona, a podcast host, a Facebook group master, a chess extraordinaire, a future grandmaster, maybe, maybe one day. Ben Karen, host of the Sports Father Podcast. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing good, man. That is a crazy introduction tonight. And I, I am not a future grandmaster. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the ship has long sailed on that. Well, Ben, you could be like Tom Brady. You just get better with age. Well, I guess there's the, there's always that hope, right? That uh, good chance 
can't uh, continue to be a Facebook group master anyways. Good. Well, you can repeat. Tom Brady's repeaked. Like, LeBron's kind of doing that, too. Like, you're a repeak. So you're at that well, stage where maybe you could do that. LeBron is doing it because he's being forced to do it. But uh, maybe we'll talk about that later in the show. So first, what I want to ask you is this. Christmas, the next time we do this podcast, next Friday, Christmas is going to be passed. So what's your plans for Christmas? Well, just spend it with the family, Daryl. You know, um, getting to that point now where um, starting to become fun as a parent on Christmas. And, you know, just trying to take it in, man. Step back from everything that's going on uh, and the craziness of life and just uh, have that time with your family, your friends. Just enjoy it. Would you rather watch NBA games on Christmas or NFL games? Mm, I, I would say it completely depends on the matchup. So I think, I'm trying to think about who's playing for Christmas uh, for the NFL. I think it's like the Saints. Well, I think. Let me take a look here. Um, it looks like. We have Cleveland Browns at Green Bay Packers. Oh, that—that's it. Okay, that it's the right. early game, and you know, uh, tip of the cap to Aaron Rodgers, who you've accused me of being a hater on multiple times, as have other people, um, because he did come out this week, and you know, I really liked his interview. He was talking about entertaining people on Christmas. I thought that was cool. Um, and then the uh, the night game is going to be uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Right down the street from me at State Farm Stadium in Glendale to take on the Cardinals. So I'll probably watch the Cardinals, to be honest with you. And the Cardinals are playing on Christmas. Actually, if it's just on the NFL Network, maybe I won't get to watch it. I I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I can uh, stream that game. Well, Ben, yeah, I sent you a link to stream. you got to still check that out, Ben. Uh, On the NBA side... The Lakers, Nets, I think the Warriors are going to be playing. You're always going to have those big matchups. So, perfect situation. Are you always going with the NFL game? I would probably go with the NFL game. Um, Lakers and Nets will be fun, though. Uh, anytime you, you have Kevin Durant, LeBron James, two of the biggest stars in the NBA, um, always entertaining to watch. I agree with you. I'd go with the NFL. I also think it's interesting that the NFL is starting to move in on the NBA's turf and the NFL is starting to schedule games on Christmas Day, which has always kind of been like the NBA's day, kind of how like Thanksgiving's the NFL's day. I think that's very interesting that the NFL is starting to uh, pursue that a little bit. Well, I think it's a, it's a great thing. I mean, to an extent, you know, get, get some games on TV, give fans some choices, uh, and let's kind of maximize that window um, of entertainment. I think a lot of families would probably be interested in watching a game or part of a game. So Manu Ginobili, uh, he's a Hall of Fame finalist, uh, one of the nominees for this upcoming class. What are your thoughts about that? You're a Spurs fan. Manu, you love postseason moments, Ben, so I'm sure you have a lot of good things to say about Manu. I do. I do. I think he's... Um, a very unique player. I mean, I'll start off by saying that. You know, a lot of his career, he was coming in off the bench, but um, he was such an intricate part of what San Antonio did for so long, Daryl, and he's such an important part of that dynasty. 
uh, that I definitely feel that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm wishing him nothing but the best of luck on getting in. Where would he rank in terms of your favorite Spurs? For me, Daryl, I'd, I'd say he's he's number two, uh, only behind Tim Duncan. You know how a lot of people have said over the years, Brett Favre, you know, played the game the, the game of football almost like he's still a kid. I kind of feel like Ginobili did that with basketball. I think he just enjoyed the game so much every time he get on the court. Um, the intensity he played with, I you loved watching him as a fan. I mean, he had that like that Russell Westbrook intensity with with that uh, Brett Favre love for the game, man. And there was a time where I think he was the third best shooting guard in the NBA, only to Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. Uh, so why do you like Manu more than Tony? Well, um, just as far as, as their game goes, I, I, I like Manu's ability to shoot a little bit better than Tony, although it, it depends. Tony, I think, was better in the paint, but I, I liked Manu's ability to hit jump shots a little bit better. I thought Mono was probably just a um, a better example <laughs> as a human being. Uh, not to say Tony Parker was some real bad guy or anything like that, but um, Eva Longoria drama. Yeah, there there were a few <laughs> things throughout his career um, where where his character was questioned a little bit, and, and, and for Mono, definitely not as much of that going on. Real solid guy. If Kawhi Leonard had stayed with the Spurs, would he have been number two? I think he could have been number two for me. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of things about Kawhi, Daryl. I wish he was actually, you know, um, healthy and it had more of an opportunity to play consecutively in the NBA and consistently because I think we'd be talking about him in a different light uh, than we are currently. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, now I want to get to this. Uh, the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Bleacher Report just did a uh, little article on the MVP race, and they pulled 23 NFL executives for the MVP. Uh, guess how many of uh, those 23 uh, exec- executives said that they would vote Aaron Rodgers for MVP? Just guess. 18? 17. Seventeen, so pretty unanimously, and then at number two, do you want to guess who was tied for number two? We had two players tied for number two, with well, two I votes. Tom e- that discussion, yes, probably. Tom has two votes, and I bet Patrick Mahomes has played his way back in as well. No, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan wow. Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, and Tom Brady are both tied with two votes. And then tied for uh, in third place is Cooper Cup with one vote and Justin Herbert with one vote. Patrick Mahomes did not get a single vote. Well, that's interesting. I, I think for me, I put Cooper Cup ahead of uh, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> when that name gets brought up, um, I think he's a guy that a lot of people forget about, but he's super talented, Daryl. When, when most people talk about best wide receivers in the game, his name is not coming up, but I think it needs to be uh, in that discussion now. I think people don't bring it up because of the physical talent. And he doesn't. But at what, what point? I mean, are you, I mean, 
he's there, you know. I mean, he, he reminds me very much of a Wes Welker type player. Oh, I think he has better deep speed than Wes. I get what you're saying, though. I think I get what you're saying. I think he's he has more to burn than an Edelman or Welker does. Like he can fly. Cooper Cup can fly. I, I would put him in my top five. I, I think he's very close to being a top five wide receiver. I think it's all debatable. Like personally for me, I'd still have Tyree Kill number one. But but I think that's also taste. I mean, Devontae Adams is obviously in that discussion when healthy as well. I also think guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are in there. Obviously, Cooper Cup probably wouldn't have my guy. What were you saying? DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, yeah, Hopkins, uh, Metcalf. I think is the NFL so deep at wide receiver, uh, but uh, I would say Cooper Cup's top five. Uh, are you okay though with Aaron having the majority of the votes though? Well, I mean, I think he's done some real impressive things, Daryl. I, I think when um, when we look at what he's done this season, especially the game in which he came to State Farm Stadium. Um, ironically, he had, in my opinion, one of his greatest games at State Farm Stadium because he's a, a State Farm guy um, from the commercials. But um, getting back on topic here, uh, just what he managed to do without so many of his players being available against a really good Cardinals team was pretty eye-opening. Yeah, I would completely agree with you with that. I think Tom Brady is going to have something to say about this down the stretch, though. I, I will say that. I mean, Brady's missing a lot of guys right now, and I definitely think these last three games are all winnable games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think Tom will win all of them. But aren't we going to assume Aaron's going to win all of them, too? Hard to say. Uh, maybe. I mean, I guess it just depends on, on who they play down the stretch. I'd have to pull up their schedule. To get and if they both time. went out, the Packers right now have the inside track to be the one seed, which that's also going to be a big feather in the Aaron Rodgers cap. I, I though, I do want to say this. I think Jonathan Taylor is getting disrespected in this whole MVP conversation. Why not Jonathan Taylor? The Colts have won like seven straight games. Well, I think it's uh, how, the, how these teams finish. Um, I don't think the Colts are going to win this weekend, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, so I think Jonathan Taylor, you know, I'm not sure what he'll be able to do. I mean, he's had a pretty impressive season so far, pretty impressive year. Um, but I think when people are looking at the years that Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady's have had, you know, uh, those guys are leaders of the ball club, kind of leading everything on offense. Both of them have had some tremendous performances this year. I would still put both of those guys ahead of him right now. I would argue, though, Jonathan Taylor's the leader of his offense. Where are the Colts without Jonathan Taylor? Uh, probably not in the playoff picture. I mean, they play through him. Similarly to how it's like a baby Derrick Henry. <laughs> He's got a ways to go before we're going to be putting him in that conversation. Well, I'm not comparing him to, you know, I'm, I don't think he's better than Derrick Henry, but I think he's the second best running back in football. Yeah, I, I, w I would say that's a possibility. I mean, I'm not uh, necessarily 100% sure I'm ready to concede to that yet, but um, probably in the discussion anyways. 
Jimmy Garoppolo or Ryan Tannehill? Who's better? Oh, Garoppolo. Easily. Easily. How yeah. much better are the Titans if Jimmy Garoppolo's their QB? Well, I mean, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo may be the difference for the Titans between winning, like, two playoff games and getting to the Super Bowl. That's and if Ryan Tannehill's with the 49ers? If Tannehill's with the 49ers, I don't think they're a threat to get to the Super Bowl. To be honest with you, Daryl, I don't even see them as a threat to get to the NFC Championship. Ryan is really, I mean, he's had some bad games this year, Daryl. I mean, it always has... late. I mean, I know that that looks like they're on their way. They're not on their way. They won tonight. Me correct myself there, but um, I'm just not that impressed by him. You know, I think a lot of his success has, has been because of Derrick Henry. That's fair. No, I mean that's fair. But I also will say this: Marcus Mariota, when he was the starter, Derrick Henry was not doing what he was doing. Derrick Henry didn't start like being Derrick Henry till Ryan Tannehill got in there. And the team took off when Ryan Tannehill supplanted Marcus Mariota. Yeah, well, Marcus Marcus Mariota just didn't work in the NFL as well as anybody thought he would. I kind of had my doubts about him when he's coming out into the draft to begin with. Wait, why did you have doubts about Mariota? Uh, His size, his durability, arm strength. The fact that he ran a 4-4 didn't impress you, Ben? Well, I mean, I had concerns about durability, Daryl. I mean, a lot of those guys that run all the time, they get hit. You know, we're starting to see that for Lamar now. You know, Lamar's piling up injuries, and that's kind of what happened to Mariota, too. So, speaking of Lamar Jackson, uh, he got invited to the Pro Bowl, and actually, we were just talking about this off the air. My guy, Josh Allen, was not... Lamar Jackson on the year, he's been out the last few games. He has 16 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. I think there would have been a lot better candidates. Josh Allen, right? Also, I think Joe Burrow would have been a better candidate. Do you think the people got it wrong with Lamar getting into the Pro Bowl? Yes, I I definitely think they got it wrong, Daryl. I mean, boy... Um, what an interesting night we're having here. I feel like we're agreeing about a lot of stuff tonight. Who would have thought that would have happened? Um, but I do think that Josh Allen, uh, at this juncture of time, is just more deserving of being in the Pro Bowl, quite honestly. Because Lamar is not out an exceptional season, I don't think, in any in any regard. Um, and Joe Burrow, yeah, I mean, that's a possibility as well. Although, I, I would say that to me is a little bit more of a coin flip where I feel like Josh Allen is... Uh, clearly a better choice, but I would also say I wonder to some degree, Daryl, did Lamar get selected simply because maybe people find him more entertaining than Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? I mean, I feel like Joe Burrow and Josh Allen are pretty fun watches. I mean, Joe Burrow's a gunslinger, and Josh Allen's one of the most physically talented quarterbacks in the NFL with the throws he makes. Yes, but we know that fans are enamored by uh, Lamar Jackson's athleticism. 
his his ability to um, to run the football as well as pass it and uh, just juke players. So I don't know. I mean, I wonder if that's just an element. It shouldn't be considered for the Pro Bowl, but I wonder if it is, uh, especially in a time and a place where the NFL is fighting to make the Pro Bowl relevant. The Seattle Seahawks posted a winning season in each year from 2012 to 2020. That was the longest active streak in the NFL. As a Seahawks fan, when you hear that, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think for the last decade, they've been one of one of the top five franchises, Daryl. Uh, consistency. Um figuring out ways to, to churn out wins every season, make the playoffs. Um, I've, as a Seahawks fan, I've been incredibly proud of what they've managed to do because prior to this decade, they haven't had a whole lot of success. How does Seattle get back to that formula that they had back then as we enter this new era of Seahawks football and we don't know what's going to be happening with both Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson? Yeah, great question. Um, I think that they have to look at the coach-quarterback combination. I think they probably are going to have to get rid of one of those guys. Um, I don't know which direction they'll go in. Um, I would be a little bit more inclined to probably part ways with Pete. I think Pete's been great for for the team. Uh, Me as a Seahawks fan, I love Pete, but... um, Pete Carroll may have run his course in Seattle, Daryl. It might be time for them to uh, consider a different coaching option moving forward and, and, and a different offensive philosophy uh, because we've seen that they really struggle on offense. Although I could also see them maybe you know looking at moving on from Russell Wilson, Daryl, which I would not be such a fan of. But at the same point in time, they, they don't have a number one uh, a first-round draft pick this year. Uh, they do have a lot of problems. And I think one of the most critical things that they have to do, regardless of what happens with personnel changes, is they need to get back to making educated and smart decisions in the draft and in free agency. Seattle has whiffed on a lot of draft picks, Daryl, in the last three to four years. And they need to, they need to start um, changing their philosophy. I think they have to... Stop trying to outsmart other people in the draft and just get back to doing things that make sense. So I want to go back to the Pro Bowl really quickly. Uh, Do this for me, Ben. Guess who had the most uh, total Pro Bowl picks in the NFL? Dallas? No. Tampa Bay? No. Green Bay. No. It's something you, it's a team you wouldn't expect. Denver? No. I'll give you one more hint. We we talked about a player on this team already. Mm. We talked about a player on this team already. Buffalo. No. Okay, I'll give it to you. You're never going to guess this. The Indianapolis Colts. Oh, 
That's that is shocking. <laughs> Would you have ever guessed that? <laughs> it would have taken me a while. Yeah, that's a lot. It is, it is. You know, I think that maybe maybe we're underestimating the, the infrastructure that the Colts have put into place. You know, when I talk about Seattle and how Seattle needs to make smarter decisions, Indianapolis is a team, in my opinion, that in recent drafts have made pretty smart choices. So how about this? Uh... Let's do the NFC. Guess uh, who had the most Pro Bowl picks in the NFC. This is pretty simple. And there's three teams tied, by the way. There's three teams tied. They all had five. I would say Tampa Bay definitely has to be up there. You are correct. Tampa Bay was one of those teams. You want to guess the other? the, the, The LA Rams are probably up there. No. The Packers? No. Um, the Cowboys. Yes. The Eagles. No. This team made it to an NFC Championship game a few years ago. No. Actually, they made it to a Super Bowl a couple years ago, too. The Falcons? No. They have a coach who you think is suspect. Oh, man. The Panthers. <laughs> you think Matt Rule is suspect? I didn't know. Uh, the 49ers. 49ers, yeah. Well, do you I think Kyle, do you think Kyle Shanahan's suspect? Was I correct in that hint? I, I do think he's a little suspect, yeah. Is he more suspect than Matt Rule? Uh, not at this, not at this time. Wait, no. So why do you think Matt Rule is suspect? Well, because Carolina's looking like a dumpster fire right now. I think you need to lay off Matt Rule, Ben. He's built up a very good defense. They have very good weapons. They have everything besides the quarterback. Yeah, that's a problem. The quarterback's the most important position. I agree, but it's hard to find the quarterback, though. We can't say he's suspect because of that, though. I mean... Not that hard to find a quarterback. Call Baltimore. Uh, well, how about this? Let me put you this way. Carolina has had some of the worst quarterback play I've ever seen with both Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. If they get this goes into what I was telling you off the air about average quarterback play. If for example, if they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's put Heineke and Taylor Heineke. If he was in there, they would they would be in the playoffs. If they just had average play. Average play. They started out like 3-0, 3-0, 4-0. I'm not sure that I buy that, and I don't think getting rid of Joe Brady was the right decision. Well, I think part of that's the blame game. Uh, yeah, well, it's still a, a stupid decision to make because I think that guy's really talented. 
Yeah, and he'll probably get another job. So the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers all had five Pro Bowl picks. The Colts had seven. So the Colts had two more Pro Bowl picks than both those teams, which is pretty surprising when you think about it. It is, but I, I would assume a number of those guys on the Colts line probably made it. Yes, uh, a lot of them did. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, me and Ben are going to get into our NFL predictions. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Ben Garrett with us, host of the Sports Quadler Podcast. And it's time for our Week 16 NFL Predictions. Saturday, December 25th, Christmas Day, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox, Cleveland Browns at Lambeau Field to face Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, and the Green Bay Packers. Ben, who you got? I'm going to go with the Packers here on Christmas, Daryl. I think it's going to be more competitive maybe than people think, but I'll go Green Bay 30, Cleveland 20, Packers find a way to get it done at home. And it might even be a white Christmas kind of game. I'm going to go Green Bay 28 to the Browns 14. I'm going to go Green Bay by two scores. I think they're just going to be efficient, move the ball. And the Browns offense hasn't looked good. They weren't particularly good against the Raiders uh, on Monday night when they played. Also, short week for the Browns. So I think the Packers are going to be able to take advantage of that and beat them up. Next, we have, also on Christmas Day, the Indianapolis Colts at the Arizona Cardinals. 8.15 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network. Ben, who you got? I'm going to go with Cardinals here. I think they're going to have a bounce-back week. They got embarrassed a little bit up in Detroit. Uh, being back at home. I think they find a way to beat the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to be close. But I'm going to go Cardinals 34, Colts 31. I'm going to go Colts 31 to the Cardinals 28. Uh, the Cardinals are a smallish defense. They're fast, but they're smaller. I think the Colts are going to grind them down physically. And I think they're going to beat them up. And we've seen Cliff Kingsbury teams, they've struggled to finish the regular season, so that's a concern too. So I'm going to go with the Colts. Next, we have the New York Football Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to go Eagles here. I like what I'm seeing for them. Uh, physical team that can run the football. I think they're going to rely heavily on the run game. And I think they're just going to present some problems for the New York offensive line. I like Eagles to win here, another low-scoring, kind of sloppy game. I'll say Eagles 20, Giants 14. I'm going to go Eagles 17 to the Giants 10. I agree with you, sloppy physical football team, Jalen, uh, football game, Jalen Hurts and company are going to get the job done. Next, we have the LA Rams at the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to go with L.A. here to keep things rolling. 
Um, they look pretty good on Tuesday night, and I think they will do okay, even with a shortened schedule. I like L.A. here. I think uh, Matt Stafford knows the Vikings defense pretty well, and I'll pick L.A. in this one to win 35-30 over the Vikings. I'm going to go Rams 30 to Minnesota Vikings 24. The Rams just have too much firepower and too much talent. Also, Kirk Cousins, when it matters most, isn't at his best. Buffalo Bills at New England Patriots. Big matchup in the division. Ben, please, I beg of you, I pray to God, tell me what I want to hear. Please. I can't do it, Daryl. I just can't. I think the Patriots are going to win this one. Patriots are hard to beat, Daryl, in December at Foxborough. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think the New England Patriots are going to run the ball efficiently. I think we're going to see a little bit uh, more passing game for Mac Jones. And I think uh, Patriots find a way, uh, even though Josh Tomlin is the best player on the field. Um, I will go New England 20 to Buffalo 17. I'm going to go the Bills, actually. I'm going to go Bills 24 to New England 21. They won a close physical football game, and they split in the division. Next, we're going to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Ben, who you got? I'm going I'm going with Tampa Bay here. Uh, another team that's going to rebound from an embarrassing loss against the Saints. We know they don't do well against the Saints. Not a good matchup, but this will be a much better matchup for them. Uh, Tampa Bay here, Daryl. I think they're going to win 31-17 to over the Panthers. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay as well. I'm going to say they won 29 to the Panthers, 13. The Panthers just had awful quarterback play of late. I just don't see how they're going to move the football. And also, the, the Buccaneers have a great run defense. There's going to be no balance for Carolina, I just don't see how they've gotten it done. Carol, the Cam Newton, Sam Donald experiments have been atrocious. They've been horrid. Uh, next, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Jets. A battle of bad teams. This is a stink bowl, Ben. Um, I'm looking at the Jets here, Daryl. I think they're really going to have a good I'm going to go the Jets 22 to the Jacksonville Jaguars 19. Next, we have the Detroit Lions at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm looking at the Lions here to win another one late in the season, I think. This time, I think Dan Campbell and the guys find a way to steal one on the road. I'll go Detroit 20, Atlanta 17. I'm going to go Atlanta 24 to Detroit 20. I just think Atlanta has too much firepower. I don't think the Lions can pull off another upset. That would be kind of crazy. Next, we have the L.A. Chargers at the Houston Texans. I'm going to go with L.A. here. I don't think this one will be especially close. I'll go with the Chargers here. Um, I'll say Chargers 27, Texans 12. I'm going to go Chargers 30 to the Texans 
I'll say 17. I'll say 17. They get 17. Next, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Division on the line. AFC North football. Who you got, Ben? Uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati here, Daryl. Baltimore, I, I just have this feeling like they might try to start Lamar Jackson. Lamar's not going to be at 100%. And I think it's going to be too much to overcome on the road in Cincinnati against a team that I think is maybe more hungry than the Ravens. I would go with Baltimore uh, if, if I knew for certain they're going to start Tyler Huntley. But um, right now, uh, Lamar versus Joe Burrow, I like Burrow more, especially in a home game. I'm going to go Bengals 35 or the Ravens 31. I just think, hey, sometimes when it's your time, it's your time. And it looks like it's Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow's time and Joe Mixon's time. Zach Taylor's time. Sometimes you have to pass on the torch even when you don't want to pass it on. I think that's where we're going to see a changing of the guard in the AFC North. Uh, Next, we have the Chicago Bears at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think Seattle wins this one. We saw the Seahawks uh, keep it surprisingly close against a team with a lot more talent on Tuesday. Bears are a team that probably has about the same, if not a little bit less talent than Seattle. So I like Seattle here. Um, I'll go Seattle 27, Chicago 17. I'm going to go Seattle 23 to the Chicago Bears 21. Kind of lower scoring physical football game, but uh, I like Russell to make the plays at the end. Next, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Kansas City is going to follow the key to these guys. I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing here, I'm looking at 41-17. Four, to 17. I think Steelers get blown out. We see this game very differently, Ben. I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to say they win 20 to the Chiefs, 18. Uh, the Chiefs' offense hasn't been as great as people have, as people may think. The defense has been playing well. Uh, I do have concerns about the Steelers' offense, but I think we're going to see a big day from T.J. Watt. I think Mike Tomlin, this defense, is going to rise up, and I think we're going to see a little bit of that bad Mahomes with some of the turnovers. And I think the Steelers are going to sneak one. I think this is going to be my upset special. Next, we have the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. I think the Raiders win it in Las Vegas. It's going to be close. I'll say Raiders 36, Broncos 33. I'm going to go with the Broncos. They win 14 to the Raiders 13. The Raiders just have bad red zone offense this year. They're not getting enough touchdowns. Uh, the Broncos have a really good defense. I'm going to go with the Broncos by a point. Next, we have the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. Ben, NBC, Carrie Underwood's going to sing. Who you got? I'm going to go with Cowboys here. Uh, my Dallas dominates. I'm going to say Dallas 27, Washington 10. I'm going to go Dallas 24 to Washington 14. Uh, Dallas is a better team than Washington. I don't see how uh, the football team is able to generate the points against the Cowboys. I just don't see it. And next and lastly, Monday Night Football, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time, ESPN, the Miami Dolphins at the New Orleans Saints. Ian Book is going to get the start. Um, I'm going to go with the Saints in this one. I think 
I think their defense is for real. I think that they keep it a low-scoring game. I, I say the Saints are going to win 14-7. to I'm going to go with the Dolphins 13-9. to I think we're going to see a lot of bad quarterback play during this game, but I'm going to go with the Dolphins, who've been quietly been on like the longest winning streak in the NFL as of late. So uh, props to Brian Flores and the Dolphins. And that's all we have for our Week 16 predictions. And cut it next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Me and Ben are going to talk some college football. Cut up next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Despite the fact that he led his high school to four straight state championship game appearances, very few high major recruiters looked at the six foot tall, 180 pounder and said, Quarterback. Going on a dive, like I ain't even tried. Just a kid from Briarwoods, I'm wearing number nine. Met Coach Franklin down at Vandy. Flipped a happy valley. With Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Wilder Podcast. So, Ben, the Texas A&M Aggies, they're not going to be able to play in the bowl game due to COVID. How do you feel about that? So, it's obviously disappointing, Gerald. I mean, all, all these college folks, they, they work so hard all season so they can have this opportunity to play in a bowl game. Uh, and just for me as a fan, you know, it's always fun for uh, me to watch uh, my team see how they stack up against other teams from uh, other conferences. I think it's a little bit of a proving ground, right? We talk about how all year long we think the SEC is the best, you know, conference. And then the Big Ten, you know, and, and um, Penn do uh, have some less favorable things to say about Pac-12 and the American. Uh, so I think it's just uh, it's an opportunity to, uh, you know, test our hypotheses and see if we're, we're correct. Um, but I'm a little bit bummed out that I'm not going to be playing. But, you know, by the same token, ditto, I think uh, in this specific case, Texas A&M might have dodged a bullet. Um, A&M would have been starting a third-string quarterback. We'd be missing a whole lot of players and, you know, have uh, been part of our team all year that wanted to go to the, uh, go to the NFL. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in the long run, Speaking of the SEC during bowl season, guess the SEC's record so far is this bowl season, Ben? 0-1? They're 0-2 against group of five opponents this bowl season. <laughs> when I tell you that, what do you think? Missouri. Missouri lost the uh, Army. Oh, you had an Army. Yeah. Yeah, well, we haven't seen... Uh, I don't even know, man. Missouri's another one where it's like a little line. I think maybe they should stop allowing 6-6 uh, teams in, in, into these uh, ball games to begin with. Oh, why do you think that, Ben? 
Well, because obviously they're not very good football teams, Gerald. I mean, Army versus Missouri was close. It was 22 to 24. Yeah, but nobody, none of the fans want to see Army versus Missouri, Daryl. I mean... I think Army probably has a bigger fan base than Missouri. <laughs> well, at any rate, I think the SEC West teams will go undefeated unless we'll to see what happens. So, here's also what I want to give you here. Their last remaining... Hopes the SEC of beating group of five teams is going to be this. Auburn's are going to face an six and six. Auburn's are going to face an eleven and two Houston team, and one loss Alabama is going to face an undefeated Cincinnati. So at best, all the SEC can do this year is be two and two against group of five teams. At best, when I tell you that, Ben, what do you think? I mean, first of all, I think it's going to happen. I think they'll be two and two, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not too bothered by it because in the long, long run, I still know, you know, you you stack the SEC up against these other conferences, pound top to bottom. Uh, SEC is still much better. Is it embarrassing? Is it embarrassing for Florida to use to lose the UCF? Yeah, I mean, it's most definitely embarrassing, and then you got the scuffle after the game, uh, which is also embarrassing for them. Yeah, Ben, you're not a fan of the fights. Yeah, well, man, not those kind of fights. I mean, you know, you've gotten embarrassed and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, why add on more embarrassment? As an A&M fan, how excited are you about the recruiting class that they have coming in? Um, I'm very excited. You know, I think we're going to fix a lot of problems, Daryl. Um, this year specifically... Uh, I think we're pretty good in the trenches, but when you when you look around at uh, kind of, uh, you know, elite wide receiver talent, didn't really have much. Um, so we weren't very deep at the quarterback position. I think we solved that problem. Um, I like some of the defensive players we picked up. I, I'm really excited about this. I think this could potentially be the uh, start of Texas A&M ascending to uh, the level of um, being in the playoff and maybe winning a championship. So this class, let's say in four years, in the next four years, will this class win a national title, bring a national title to College Station? I believe yes. Okay. And I know that's bold, and there's going to be a lot of people out there that laugh at me, but it's been a long time since Texas A&M has gotten a recruiting class like this, Daryl. It has, because usually number one is either Georgia or Alabama. So that showed, I mean, obviously Jimbo Fisher's doing his job in Texas, which is, you know, has the most fertile recruits in the country. Uh, Absolutely. So I want to give you this. So these are coach, coach bowl percentages. <clears throat> and these are by active coaches. Uh and they have to have at least six bowl wins to qualify. Okay, Ben? All right. So, guess what? who has the highest percentage of bowl uh, wins. And you have to have six to qualify. So, who has the best percentage? Oh, man. Uh, let me think on that for a minute. This coach um, is a, by the way, number one is a, he was a power five, and now he's at group of five.
Yes, you got it. Yes. Good job, Ben. Hey, I could get to write occasionally, right? I, I'm not such good like with some of the other things you've got to be getting on here. And he has an 86% winning percentage. He's 6-1 in bowls. Next highest percentage, I'll give you a hint. He is your guy. Jimbo Fisher. Yes, 80%. 8-2 in bowl games. Next is Kyle Whittingham at 79%. He's 11-3. Uh, after that is Paul Christ at 75%. Then Mike Gundy at 67%. Nick Saban at 63%. Mac Brown at 61%. Todd Graham at 60%. And Dabo Sweeney at 59%. Yeah, Dabo is ten and seven in bowl games. That's pretty surprising. But you also have to think about it, early Clemson as well. Yeah. Pre Deshaun Watson. I'm also surprised Brian Kelly's name isn't up there. Yeah, he doesn't have at least six. He doesn't have six. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense because he's only at Oregon for three years, Ben. Three, four years. He wasn't at Oregon for that uh, long of a time. So, now I want to go to this. Uh, transfers. Bo Nix to Oregon. What did you think of that? Did you see that coming, Ben? I, I did not see it coming. I mean, I'm pretty surprised by that, to be honest with you. Um, you know, uh, Bo Nix, with all the sides off and out, I'm Kind of shocked he left Auburn, Daryl, but um, looks like he's now heading to Oregon. And I'm not really understanding why necessarily. I mean, Oregon had uh, a defensive-minded coach, so it's not necessarily somebody I think that's going to like increase his opportunity to uh, be a professional athlete. But he has SEC ties. The coach has SEC ties, which that probably helped, right? I mean, I, I think it probably helped to some degree. I think something went wrong at Auburn, and I, I have a feeling more stories will come out about what happened, because that's an odd situation. He's a legacy player at Auburn, and he's the starting quarterback at Auburn. Like, that's a very good position to be in. Well, I think maybe it has to do with them getting rid of Cross too. But then why not go to uh, where he's at, at UCF? I mean, that's fair. I mean, obviously what we've seen with Cincinnati, though, you don't need to be at a Power 5 school to have the success. I mean, and if that's the coach, if he's tied to the coach, I mean, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't go. I just think the whole Auburn, the whole Auburn situation is very weird. But how do you think Bo Nix is going to do at Oregon? Can he be the best quarterback in the Pac-12 next year? Like, I don't think his 
the path is going to be smooth for Oregon to dominate. And Caden Slovis is going to go to Pittsburgh. Were you shocked to hear that? I was. I was pretty shocked to hear that as well. I mean, you think about USC to Pittsburgh. I mean, kind of another illogical kind of move. Um, and it makes you kind of wonder why. Lane Kiffin said, I mean, not Lane Kiffin, excuse me. Lincoln Riley said, get the hell out of here, young man. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it must have been something to that or maybe, you know, Slovis just felt that um, there are going to be more talented quarterbacks and wasn't going to get an opportunity to start. How do you think Slovis will do in the ACC with Pittsburgh? I mean, you know, Slovis is going to be fine. I don't think he's a, an exceptional talent, but, you know, um, I think he has, a, he has an opportunity to be in a bowl game next year. Jake Miller, uh, former Ohio State quarterback, he's transferring to Florida. Were you shocked at that? Well, that's not a shock to me. Guy wants to go somewhere where he's going to probably get a better opportunity to start his team. CJ Shroud just clicked. Oh, you can go. What were you going to say? I said warmer weather probably helps too. That, that's very fair. What I was going to say, C.J. Shroud cleaned out that whole Ohio State quarterback room. Who did? C.J. Shroud. Yeah. I think these guys know, you know. I mean, they weren't, uh, weren't going to be able to stay up with him, man. I mean, it's the best quarterback they had. And I think the transfer portal has, um, has created a level of impatience that we haven't seen before in college football. A lot of these, um, these guys are really young men, and they're not really patient. They're not going to wait around for an opportunity to start. They want to go somewhere where they have a better opportunity to start right away. Are you a fan of the transfer portal, Ben? I do only tell. Um, but right, as of now, I'd say I'm not really a fan of it now. Why aren't you a fan of it? Well, because I, I just I like the the product of college football better when you don't have as much movement among your players. But isn't it, it's kind of like free agency, though. Isn't that kind of cool? I think it's cool for professional athletes, but <laughs> I think it's cool for college athletes. Well, Ben, are we getting to the point now where they are professionals, in a way? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, most of them don't play like they're professionals. Now, that part, I agree with. That part, I agree. I don't mind the transfer portal. I, I, I think I think it creates an interesting dynamic. I don't think... I think players should only be able to use it once, so I don't think players should be able to keep transferring and transferring. Like, there's that one guy, I'm forgetting his name, I think Tate was his last... He was at Ohio State, then he went to Miami, then couldn't start at Miami, then, like, went someplace else. Like, I think that's crazy. You shouldn't be a... start to play well to be seen. I don't think you should be able to keep transferring and transferring and transferring. Uh, better Ohio State quarterback, Justin Fields or CJ Shroud? I think they're pretty close, but I think I'd go slightly Justin Fields. What else if I put Dwayne Haskins in there? Where does Dwayne Haskins rank? I think Ryan's clearly below both of them. 
okay, what happens if I put uh, T.J. Barrett in there? Where does he rank? And if I pick Cardell Jones in there, where does he rank? At the bottom. You won a national championship, Ben. Yeah, I did all, but we also know won the national championship in large part due to Oh, Ben, are you admitting that the quarterback's not the end-all, be-all? Okay. Braxton Miller, we put Braxton Miller in there. Where does he go? Um I think I think I would I would probably have him uh right below Justin Fields. Oh, do you think he's close with Fields? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, you know, I think just circumstantially, uh, you know, in the NFL I think <laughs> Things kind of went awry for him, uh, and, and they did some weird stuff too, Daryl. With him, like he's he's playing like some different positions other than quarterback. Like I don't know, man, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So you would have Justin Fields. So you would have Braxton Miller had a C.J. Shroud. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Oh, Ben is high on Braxton Miller. People forget Braxton Miller was electric. At Ohio State, he was electric. Yeah, I mean, we might be talking about Braxton Miller being a national champion, Daryl, if they'd been eligible to, to play in a, in, a, in, a, in a bowl game. Yeah, they were undefeated yeah. that year. Urban Meyer's first year, they were undefeated, actually. Yeah. Well, Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime, Daryl. And I just want to take this opportunity to wish you and your family um, a happy holiday season. And uh, same to all listeners out there. And same to you, Ben. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen for coming on the show. Always appreciate it when Ben can't come on. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 370th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.